helping you live well, stay well, while keeping pace with today's rapidly changing healthcare environment. That's Summit Medical Group. And now it's time for SMG Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. You feel pains under your rib cage or in your abdomen. You're not quite sure what it is, and could it be your gallbladder? My guest is Dr. Richard Nitzberg. He's board-certified general and vascular surgeon and the vice chair of Summit Medical Group Surgery. Welcome to the show, Dr. Nitzberg. Tell us, what is the gallbladder? What does it do? Well, the gallbladder sits or stay, or lives right underneath your liver. And what it does is it fills up with bile. It collects bile. It's actually a storage organ. And when you have, say, a fatty meal, the gallbladder will contract, and it'll squirt that bile down through what's called the cystic duct into the common bile duct, which then goes into the intestine, and it meets up with this fatty meal that you just had, and the bile helps to digest that fatty meal. The nice thing about this whole thing that if you do have a gallbladder issue um, you can actually live without that storage organ. The bile still gets into the intestines. It, you don't quite get as much bile that, as you normally would if you had your gallbladder, but you still have enough to go ahead and digest your food, so it's not a tragedy if you don't have your gallbladder at all. That's why millions so, of pe- people can live without their gallbladders. So what might be some symptoms that would send someone to come and see you worried about their gallbladder? So typically what patients will complain of, and it's usually episodic, they have a lot of different symptoms. They'll complain of nausea, sometimes vomiting. They'll feel very full or what we call bloated. They may have some belching, burping, feeling a gaseous feeling. Typically they have some discomfort right underneath the breastplate. We, we say below their xiphoid, right under the upper part of the abdomen, which can be right in the center or it can be um, right underneath the uh, rib cage on the right side. And not infrequently, you'll see that the pain actually radiates to the back as well, right between the shoulder blades. And the patients will give you that history as well. If people come to you, they have these symptoms, how do you diagnose that it is their gallbladder? And then how do you decide what to do about it? There are a couple tests that we do. Typically, the first test we do is an ultrasound. An ultrasound will tell us whether or not the patient has gallstones or not. Gallstones are typically what causes gallbladder pain or the pain from gallbladder disease. What happens is the stone usually gets stuck in what's called the cystic duct, and when the gallbladder contracts, it's contracting against the obstruction, which in this case is the stone. It's like, it's like having a baby's head in the uterus, and then when a woman goes into labor, the, the uh, uterus starts to contract, the baby's head is way down low, sort of down by the cervix, and when the uterus contracts and there's an obstruction there, which in this case is the baby's head, it's quite painful. The same idea. When there's a gallstone stuck in the cystic duct and the gallbladder contracts in response to a fatty meal and there's a stone obstructing the cystic duct, that's why patients have the symptoms or pain and discomfort. That's where the pain comes from. But sometimes the, the ultrasound doesn't show gallstones. You could have something called biliary dyskinesia or, or basically dysfunction or malfunction of the gallbladder. And in that case, we do a nuclear scan. It's usually called a HIDA scan or a DECIDA scan. Uh, those are just different names for what's called a nuclear medic- medical scan that helps you determine whether or not the patient may have that other entity, which is biliary dyskinesia. So those, t- those are the two typical ways we make the diagnosis. 
And then if you decide that they have to have surgery, what is involved is this laparoscopic. Tell us about surgery to remove the gallbladder. Well, the surgery really has been revolutionized uh, since really the, about 1990. That's when I first started doing these laparoscopic procedures. And that's what it is. It's laparoscopy versus an open procedure. We used to have to make a cut underneath the right side of the rib cage. In the old days, it was a fairly large cut, and then it became a much smaller cut. But now, since about 1990, we've been doing these all laparoscopically. I mean, I, I honestly can't remember the last time I had to open up someone and do it the old-fashioned way. It has to be 10 to 15 years. It's just so atypical that you have to do that nowadays. You can almost always remove the gallbladder through the laparoscope, which means, in general, you make a number of incisions. It can be anywhere between three or four incisions uh, underneath, you know, in the abdomen, very small incisions. There is something called a single incision uh, procedure that can be done as well. The danger of the single incision is that you typically have to make a bigger incision than you normally would if you do it the laparoscopic way, which is just with four small incisions. And when you have to make that bigger incision, those patients almost have an eight times greater occurrence of uh, hernia formation. So um, not everyone has adopted the single incision surgery. Most, A lot of us are still... Most of us are still doing the laparoscopic with just the three or four small incisions for that reason. So with this surgery, give the patients a little bit of a walkthrough of what they can expect. Well, typically a patient comes in the day of surgery. They're fasting the night before surgery. They come in and uh, they have the surgery. I, I just actually finished one about 15 minutes ago. Typically takes between, you know, anywhere between 25 to 30, 35 minutes to do. And then uh, they stick around for a few hours to make sure they're okay. And then they go home the same day. Um, they're up walking the night of surgery. They can walk upstairs, downstairs, outside. They can start with some liquids, make sure they keep those down, and then they can advance to their normal diet. Um, and um, they can shower and get their incisions wet the next day. Typically when I do it, there's no, there's no dressings. There's just some super glue over the incisions. Now, that doesn't mean you're not sore. They will have some soreness, usually around the belly button or right underneath the breastplate, they can have some soreness around the incisions. And you might have a little shoulder pain on the right side for about 48 hours. The reason for that is when you, put, um, when you do the procedure, you put carbon dioxide or some type of gas in the abdomen, and that usually gets trapped underneath the diaphragms, which refers pain to the right shoulder. So for about 48 hours, patient may have, may have some uh, right shoulder pain, which typically goes away over the course of 24 to 48 hours. But I would say uh, in terms of uh, going back to the normal activities, 85% of patients are back to work within a week, some, some sooner. Um, I tend to go a little slow with my patients in terms of full-boat activities. I don't want them to get a hernia, so I go a little bit slow in terms of major lifting and heavy weights and that kind of stuff. But they can, usually by two or three weeks, they can start to do elliptical and bike, you know, stationary bike and perhaps even uh, light treadmill, that kind of thing, after about two or three weeks. Dr. Nitzberg, how well does it work if, if someone had really severe gallstones, and maybe those are in the common bile duct as well? You know, can you still get gallstones if you've had your gallbladder removed? You can, but that's very rare. That's usually, usually it's because a stone was left behind in the common duct, or you can have primary bile duct stones in the common bile duct. I mean, that's exceedingly rare. I've maybe seen, you know, one or two of those my whole career. I've been in practice since about uh, 1990, so it's very, very unusual. It, usually, once you remove the gallbladder, you've removed the source of making those stones, you've taken care of the problem, but you bring up a good 
issue, which is that some, a lot of patients ask me, well, can you just take out the stones and leave my gallbladder? And the answer is no. Um, you have to take out the gallbladder because you'll reform the, uh, the stones and you'll be back right back to where you started. Is there any way to prevent gallstones? Is there anything you'd like to give us as your best advice for the listeners about where well, you mentioned fatty, fatty foods at the beginning of the segment? What might we do to prevent this from happening in the first place? Well, it has been associated with patients who are overweight, so you can watch your weight. But, I mean, I have to be honest with you, a lot of my patients are, are thin and um, have no fat on them whatsoever. A lot of gallstones is, is really just hereditary. Your mom had it, your dad had it, your brother has it, aunt and uncle had it, that kind of thing. So, you know, other than changing your relatives, you really can't do much in terms of preventing it in a lot of cases. So then in the last minute or so, Dr. Nitzberg, kind of wrap it up for us about the gallbladder, you know, an attack, symptoms, and really what people can expect. Well, the key thing really is just be aware of the symptoms. The ones I described earlier, the fullness, the the abdominal pain, be aware that if you're having any type of abdominal pain that seems unusual to you, you need to see your, your primary care physician or your gastroenterologist, or you can come to me, whatever, and we will evaluate that and make sure that it's not the gallbladder that's causing the problem. And if it turns out to be your gallbladder, there's really a, a very safe and very expeditious way of taking care of it now, which is, um, is, is really the best way to deal with this problem, which is a laparoscopic cholecystectomy or laparoscopic removal of the gallbladder. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard Nitzberg, board-certified surgeon with Summit Medical Group. He has performed more than 2,000 laparoscopic gallbladder surgeries. He is certainly somebody that you can trust. You're listening to SMG Radio. For more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.